0: soul by losing the world, okay, and the first scripture we're going to give to you is found in Genesis chapter 2 and verse 7, and this is, you always want to remember that you have creation and then you have formation, okay, now in Genesis 1 and 27, which is not on the lesson, I'm just referencing it to you. This is where you'll find that God created man. Use the word created, so that's your creation. But as you go to chapter 2, where we have referenced here on your study sheet, verse 7, then you will read where God formed man from the dust of the earth, and that God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and man became, as we quoted you here, a living soul. So what you want to remember, according to 1 Thessalonians in the New Testament, subject matter, chapter 5 and verse 23, it tells you, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly or completely, and I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body." So you notice, you are a spirit, you are a soul, and you have a body. Okay. I sometimes liken it for people to understand a light bulb, a frosted light bulb, and the outside frosting would be your body, that's, that's us, that's what we see. And then if you break that and you got an inside glimpse to the inner part that you don't see, then you would see that there is a filament, and that filament would be likened unto your spirit, which is that ability that you have to choose between the right and the wrong. You have, or shall I say, your decision-making factor. Okay? And then, obviously, when we run a little electricity into that light bulb properly, it's going to lighten up. It's going to be lit up. And so that's what God did for Adam, and thus for all of that which he created and formed. And God lit us up. We became a living soul or a living life. Okay? So, in other words, you've got the, you got the body and you got the spirit, but until God speaks the word and breathes that breath into us, then we're not lit up yet, are we? So remember that you are a body, a soul, and a spirit. We're emphasizing today about your soul. Your spirit is what's going to give account to God, by the way, for the choices that you make. That's what your spirit will do in eternity at the judgment, if you please. There will be a, a, a reckoning. Okay, but that could all be taken care of right here. As the Scripture said, you can have some men whose sins have gone on ahead. They've all been taken care of. Other people are going to have to deal with judgment. So it's far better to get things going now, get things in order now. And you can do this. This is how you can gain your soul. As it is written, uh, I want to give you Psalm 120 and verse 2. The writer was inspired to say, Deliver, or which means save, save my soul, O Lord, from. Well, I'd like to tie that with Matthew 1 and 21, the next on your sheet. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save, that is, deliver, his people from sins, okay, or from their sins. All right, so what you want to realize, number one, a lot of people talk about being saved, and they don't even know what the word means. But the word literally means to be delivered. And I see people who are still doing all the same things wrong, okay? And I'm kind of trying to figure out what, it, what is it you're saved from. You tell me you're saved. What are you saved from? You know, you still smoke the same brand or you drink the same stuff or you chew the same stuff or you lie and you have pride and rebellion and you can just go on and on and on that they still have the same lifestyle. They haven't been saved or delivered from anything. So you want to learn what it means, you know, that the things that I used to love to do, I don't do those things anymore. I've gained my soul now. This has become the emphasis of my life because to, to, uh, as one writer said, to to die and to depart and be with Christ is far better. So nobody's advocating checking out early because we've got a world to win. We've got a harvest to reap, okay? But the point is that uh, the apostle, when fixed between the two, he, he acknowledged it plainly, that it was far better to depart and be with Christ. But he said it was more needful for the church for him to stay and, and continue to labor until that moment. So to get your priorities right is what we're really saying here. Uh, Matthew 16 and 26, in the beginning of this verse, For what shall it profit a man? if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul. And the B part of that says or what shall a man that's mankind of course give in exchange for his soul. Very important for you to recognize this right here because this is the crux of what we're saying. You want to get this flipped around properly. Jesus is saying what's it going to do you any good whatsoever in other words, he's saying there's not going to be any profit to this. You're not going to gain anything out of this if you were to get the whole world. Every desire that you had, and you can read Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, and you'll find out that's exactly what Solomon was saying. And he was lamenting because he anything he wanted, he could have. And he did have it. And yet he went on to, inspired to write the Song of Solomon, which is the spiritual or the flip side. And that's us right here. We're in this flesh. We're in this body, which is called this this body of death because of the sin. Paul said, in my flesh dwells no good thing. And so we have this sinful nature, this body of death, and we have to contend with it every day. And he's telling us that you have an opportunity now to flip this around. You can get in the gain side. You can gain your soul instead of lose it. You can gain it. And you can get away from the lost side of the column and you can get to the profitable things. As a matter of fact, all Scripture, the Bible said, is given by the inspiration of God, and it's profitable. You want to get to the profitable side of the ledger here. You don't want, Spiritually speaking, you don't want to be operating on the negative side, as I said, and those sins are going to follow you to the judgment. You want to get that taken care of ahead of time. You want to learn what the priority needs to be in your life. Some people have great passion for so many things in life and they their whole mind and body and soul is taken up with achieving those things and getting those things. And in the in the final analysis, there's going to be great disappointment. Some people will be disappointed sooner than others, but there are going to be those that are going to find themselves greatly disappointed when it comes time to leave this world. And remember, it is appointed unto everybody wants to die, and after that, the judgment. So it's not something that anybody's going to get around it. So I'm going to advise you scripturally, Jesus said He's the door, and that you're to come through Him. And He said if you try to go any other way, He said the same is, a thief and a robber. You do not want to try to get around the message and the plan of Jesus Christ. You want to learn what that plan is and what that message is. And I'm going to tell you, you don't want man's tradition. You don't want man's religion. You don't want commentary. You want that good subject matter of chapter and verse. You want an experience. You want God to absolutely thrill you to the bottom of your soles of your feet. You want an experience that's going to change you for the good. You want him to do what he does. Let God do what he does. Because what he does, he does right. He does correctly. He understands about every human being and the need. He surely is the desire of every living thing. problem is a lot of us don't know and locate and put our finger on what that desire really is. And we get our desires all wrapped around fleshly things and carnal things and natural things. And we start adding up and cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching all of the natural things that we're acquiring in life. And, uh... And we feel like we're, we're getting somewhere when in reality Jesus is trying to tell us here that if you gain all of that, what's it going to do for you if you lose your soul? And you're not, as the uh, Scripture teaches about the camel that couldn't get through the gate called the eye of the needle, couldn't get through that gate because it was so much baggage on the camel. Even getting the camel to get down on its knees and try to scoot through still couldn't get through. You have to beware that your life does not consist possess. Now some people would translate that immediately into a mansion and to piles of money and, and the finest and fanciest cars and we certainly have lots of that in Florida. We got a lawyer down uh, 50, 60 miles from here that you've been reading about in the paper and then you've got the guy that was in Palm Beach in New York uh, that he absolutely, they got their Ponzi schemes going and they're ripping people off left and right. In the meantime, they're living, buying six and seven automobiles, all of them in the Rolls Royce and beyond category, and they're buying two and three mansions on the same block, and they're buying boats galore, and they're just gorging on everything, other people's money and scamming people but I'm telling you, the Bible is saying to you, what's it going to profit you if you gain all of these things? But there are people that also heap up to themselves just whatever it is they're doing. You don't have to be mega rich. You don't have to be Donald Trump rich, okay? And you don't have to be MC Hammer poor either. But, <laughs> but, uh, <excuse> me, brother. <laughs> but uh, you don't have to be any of those things. You can just be full of whatever you're full of, the things that are attracting your attention the things that you're gorging into your life and making it your lifestyle. Jesus is saying, yeah, you want to go get that? The spirits are pushing you, get this, get that. That's the most important thing. I knew a man that was so involved with gambling that uh, every day at 1 o'clock he'd leave his job and he would go to the racetrack to catch the last three races. Told me himself. He said, I was so hooked. He said, one day, he said, I went out the front door and was in such a hurry of this job I was on. He said, and I tripped and fell down the stairs, and I broke my ankle. He said, I went to the racetrack first before I went to the hospital. Is that addictive? So I'm saying you can get very, very full of so many things, okay? You want to get to the place to where you begin to seek after the things of God with that kind of passion, that you begin to realize that there truly is a world beyond this world. And then we had the people that the Bible depicts that they were very concerned about uh, the resurrection and how they begin to view that resurrection. Jesus had to tell them, you are in error. You are, you're making a mistake in what the Scriptures teach. Imagine that. Somebody could actually be making a mistake. You know, Because the people I hear from all the time, they, they know it all. They, they feel like they have every answer to everything. The only problem is most of the time, 99.99 what they believe is not in the Scripture, not represented by the Bible. They have coined phrases and coined terms. Uh, You know, uh, uh, how's that one, um, take Christ as your personal Savior? Nowhere in the Scripture. Nowhere was that ever taught. Not in there. Okay? Things that, that people just make up, and they begin to build a doctrine out of it. We've got to come back to the chapter and the verse. And we've got to ask God to open our understanding so that we're basing our believing on His Word and His plan and what thus saith the Lord, okay? So you've got got people that are just going about doing things their own way. And so Jesus says one thing, and they're saying another. And so on this particular day, they, they dared to walk up to Him and begin to ask Him, Oh, look, this happened this happened this happened and this happened. Said, So what's going to happen in the resurrection? He said, well, he said, first of all, your, your believing is all messed up. He said, you're making an error concerning the Scripture and the power of God. These are things you don't know anything about. Now, that doesn't have to be a slap in the face. What it needs to be is a wake-up call. It needs to, it needs to wake you up and say, I better look into this a little more deeply here. I better get away from tradition.'" And, and the pride that I have built around this thing or the stubbornness that I've got in my heart. i got to get away from that kind of thinking and I've got to get a humility about me, about the Word of God and submit myself to chapter and verse. And everybody said amen. We want subject matter. There are people that, that, that you know, what do they call those fish that are always on the top? Top minners. You know, they're just skimming across the top. And that's the way a lot of people are about the Bible and their believing. It's just on the, on the surface. That's what the Scripture said, that the seed would fall on the uh, wayside and that the birds of the air would come and that seed was the Word of God and the birds of the air were the, uh, were, the, were the buzzards of hell, if you please. And they would swoop in and they would steal that seed because it was just on the top. It never did get down to where the kind of depth that it needed. And, uh, there are, and, and yet it said these people believed. They believed for a while but because, and that's where all the cases were at until you got to the good soil. All the other cases, the wayside, the stony, and the thorns, they all believed for a while, but then something took place. What happened here? Well, we're not, if you're not basing your believing on the chapter and verse, and you're just taking it at a very superficial, top or situation, you're not going to get the depth. People say, well, I believe, and I want to know, you believe what? What do you believe? Tell me what you believe. Give me some chapter and verse. Let's get some meat in this thing. You're banking your whole eternity on this thing. You can't just go along with some little top minor situation and here, come sign this card. I, I'll put this little prayer on there, and you, you say this prayer and sign this card. Whoopee, you're going to heaven. And to boot, you couldn't shoot your way out with a tommy gun. Once you're saved, you're always saved. Go be the biggest sinner you want to be. It don't matter. That's what they tell you. That's not what your Bible tells you. That's not what chapter and verse tells you. That's what religion tells you. That's what carnal man tells you. That's what rationalizing will give to you. Okay? You don't want to be fooled by yourself or anybody else. You want the truth. You want subject matter. You want chapter and verse. And look, it's the best in the whole world. You get that good meat of God in your life. It's going to be there in your time of trouble and your time of need. You get this experience that the Bible teaches. Jesus, why did you give your life on the cross? Was it just something you wanted to do one day? Not hardly. The Bible tells you why he died on that cross. he If you want to personalize it, he did it for you. As, and each one of us being you makes a whole bunch of us, doesn't it? He so loved this world. The Spirit so loved the world that He provided that flesh that He could give that on the cross that anybody that would believe on Him subject matter, as the Scripture has said, then you could have everlasting life. You could have the Holy Ghost in you, springing up, the book said, into everlasting life. You can't take one verse. You've got to take subject matter and get a fuller understanding. If you want to know how to believe, then you better read your Bible and learn that believe doesn't just mean me too. That's not what it means. There's a definition to believing biblical definition I told a man the other day he owns a business and uh, we were talking and I had given him a, an example and a little something that we use often and he roared he really liked it so I I said I, say, I got another one for him. I'm going to save it for another day You know I got to keep the fish on the hook here so I came back another day and I began to talk to him and I said uh, he said something about believe and so I said oh I've got one for you there and he said okay <laughs> I'm ready come on I said, all right. I said, well, you know, we had this guy that was going to go across Niagara Falls, and I said they stretched that guide wire, and, and uh, it was swaying in the breeze, and the wind was blowing, and the water's going spraying everywhere, and he's going to walk across from the U.S. side to the Canadian side, and so he's looking at this guy standing next to him and come out in front of the crowd to watch him, and he he said to that guy, you think I can? You believe I can walk across this guide wire on the other side? He said, oh yes, most definitely. He said, you really believe? I can get across there. He said, oh, yes, I do. I believe with all my heart you can get across that God. He said, well, you know, there's a wheelbarrow here. He said, I want to ask you. do you think I can push that wheelbarrow across that God? Yep, you can do it. You can. Do it. I believe you can do it. So he said, you really believe I can do it? I can push that wheelbarrow. He said, yeah. He said, get in the wheelbarrow. Get in the wheelbarrow. You know, God's going to test how thin or otherwise your believing is. So remember, you want to get on the gain side here. You want to gain your soul. You want to gain your eternity, okay? Because your soul, your life is going to spend eternity somewhere. And there's only two places. And one is up and one is down. And one is no sorrow, no pain, no sickness, no suffering no death, no devil, only Jesus, okay? You spend all of eternity with Him and everything that He has prepared for them that love and wait for Him. Verses, you can go down and you'll be with all of those aforementioned things, mind, heart full of regret, all the services I went to, all the word I heard, all the opportunities I had, all the days I let go by, and now I can't get out of here. I'm stuck here. This is it. There will be no point in having any Rolex that you lusted after because time won't mean anything. not going to be any time in eternity. So I suggest that you start thinking about, I need to get in the gain side of the column here. I need to gain my soul, all right? I need to do this. And Jesus came and he gave me his name, and he said he'd save or deliver me from sin, okay, so that I can get on the gain side. What could I possibly give? In exchange for my soul, there's nothing that you can give. There'll never be an invention. There'll never be a natural resource, no amount of gold or silver or iron or anything else that you could give, that a man, a person could give in exchange for their soul. What is provided by the Spirit is the blood of the Lamb and the Spirit, the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's why he said you must be born again off water. And of the Spirit. Scripture teaches in subject matter of water, you are to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of all of your sins, and you are to receive the free gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the born-again experience. That's Bible salvation. That's what Jesus brought. That's the plan. Okay? He didn't talk to the guy and say, Oh, you want to know how to, how to I'm, I'm not just somebody. you recognizing that I really am the Messiah. He said, so, uh, well, just shake my hand and you're okay. No, he didn't do that. Oh, I got a little card here, sign it. I even got a Montblanc pen. You want to sign this? And you can, you can claim to be saved. Jesus didn't say that. Jesus didn't say, take me as your personal Savior. He didn't teach his apostles that. That's not what he did. Okay, let's do what he said. If we could just train our mind and submit ourselves to do it the way that he said it, then we're going to get the gain side of this thing. We're going to start gaining our soul, okay? Everybody said praise the Lord. Luke 8, 38, Jesus said, Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and my words, Now there are people that tell me that they love Jesus, but they don't want to get baptized in the name of Jesus. Sounds like somebody's love ran out pretty quickly. I don't want to be ashamed. There are people that are going to hate. They're going to, on one side of their mouth, they're going to say they love Jesus, and on the other side of their mouth, they're going to fight you for being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, being baptized in that name, be against that name. And you know, you can't send forth the bitter and the sweet from the same fountainhead, the book teaches. can't do that. Okay? So we've got to, we got to get our, what did the writer say, unite my heart to or to respect Thy name, that's what it's in your Bible, Book of Psalms. Okay, so we want to ask God to help us to come into alignment here with Him, and that we can walk with Him and talk with Him, and He can talk with us, and that we will listen to what He says through His Word, through the preaching, through the teaching. That we can get to that place where we won't be ashamed of His Word. We'll be excited about. It. I'm so glad to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm so glad that in that day that his name is going to be on my forehead and not the name of the other guy. See, the other guy's called the Antichrist. I don't want his name. I don't want his mark. I don't want his number. I don't want nothing to do with that dude, okay? Don't want anything to do with him. He's anti-God. He's against God's spirit. He's against the name of Jesus. And that's why he fights so hard to get people all confused. And not only, not only about that, but he, he, he goes about to confuse that by telling people that there's not one God, but there's three gods. And he's got people believing that there's a, a first person, a second person, and a third person. Again, not in the Bible. You can't find it in there. If you find it, show it to me. I'll give you $1,000. I'll borrow it from Marvin. But I don't have to worry about it. Marvin's sw- safe and not sweating because it's just not in there. It's just not in there. Okay. When you talk about the Godhead, you're talking about singular. There's one God, all right, one God. Boy, I could go a lot of directions right now. I know I've got to stay with my little study sheet here that I wrote myself. <laughs> okay, so let's look at um, Luke, Luke 12 and 19. Now, this is the Scripture, the portion of, that I've given you, and I will say to my soul, soul, and then the, the narrative begins. This is where you have an individual. And he decides that he's rich. He's increased with much goods. He's got plenty in his life. And he's kicking back, got his hands behind his head, feet up on the desk, and he's chilling. And he starts thinking, and he says, you know, my barn is full. Now, you know, a barn back in in those days probably would have some kind of grain in it. But a barn today probably filled up with Nintendos and some of those games that you exercise your thumbs with. Probably full of all kinds of bling, all kinds of things, you know. And this individual kicks back, and he decides, my barn is full. i got to do something about that. So i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to tear down my barn, and I'm going to build me a bigger one. I'm I'm just building everything for here. I'm thinking about here, and now I'm thinking about instant gratification. I want it all, and I want it all now. And so he's, he's in the losing column, though he doesn't realize that because he cannot seem to look beyond this life. He cannot seem to plan for the world to come. And so, of course, the Scripture teaches, and this is where verse 20 comes through, but God said, now he's saying, I'll build my barn bigger. I'll do this and I'll do this. But God came through in the night and God said, Thou fool, this night thy soul is required of thee right here, right now. You just don't, and I'm not trying to tell you everybody's going to die like that. I'm not saying that. But you don't know individually when your time will come. You just don't know. And how quickly somebody can go out into eternity. But whether you live 80 years by reason of strength or 90 or 100 or 110, God bless your soul, whatever you live to be, however young you are, or anywhere in between, you might want to start thinking about getting in that gain side of the column. I need to gain my soul here. I need to make sure that's okay. I need to get that taken care of. i got to take care of that business before I allow myself. You know, Jesus healed ten lepers, but only one of them came back to worship him and to thank him and to present himself to him. And uh, he was the happy camper. But the other nine, they just kept trucking. And Jesus made note of them. He said, hey, you're here, but where's the other nine? Weren't there 10 of you all together? See if I did my math right. Yeah, there was 10 of you. I'm just counting like the kids at school. And uh, so, obviously, they ran off. They had so many other things that they were going to do. So many other things that they had their minds on. And they begin their ambitions and their desires, and they went in those directions. You don't want to follow the wrong example. You want to get your mind on the right example. And the right example is not to lose your soul, but to gain your soul. For you to realize that you can, we have the best life here, okay? But we have that because we put the life to come first, because we got our priorities right. That's why we're happy, because we have God's Spirit, and we are washed in His blood. We have His name, and we we have direction, and we have purpose. Jesus said, I know from whence I've come, and He said, and I know where I'm going. And that's why one particular city, He bypassed it and went on to Jerusalem, and they got miffed about it because He wouldn't stop there, that He steadfastly set His face towards going to Jerusalem. Well, He had the goal in mind. He had the main thing in mind, and you've got to bypass some things in life lest you take a detour that's going to put you in the wrong place for all of eternity. There are some things that we must abstain from, and we often say if it can be done right, then we'll do it. But if it can't be done right, then we don't want nothing to do with it. Everybody said amen. Talking about the church. Okay, so... The Lord called his number that night. And notice how he ended up in verse 21. He said, So is he, meaning anybody that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. You got to get in the gain side here so that you're rich toward God. That's why the scripture said, God hath chosen the poor of this world, rich in faith. God knows where the priority is to be, and he's trying to get that across to us. All right? not going to do you to uh, try to go to heaven with all your bank account because your bank account ain't going to go. Okay? What did the writer say? Naked I came in, naked I'm going out. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, you're not going to go out naked if you have the Holy Ghost because the Bible teaches you're going to have a wedding garment. Okay? And one guy tried to sneak in there and he got got his number called and said, What are you doing in here? Where's your wedding garment? He said, Well, I don't have one. He said, Then you're out into outer darkness. Where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth, you say, "Woo, God's mean!" No, God's not mean. God loves, and He's provided everything. He's made the way for everybody, every language, every country, every nation, every place. God's made a way. You got to recognize that my soul is at stake here, and I've got to get my soul correct and right with God. I've got to get it going here. Got to can't wind up poor towards God when God is making the way to make you rich towards Him. What did one place say uh, about rich in faith? Another place talked about the Word of God dwelling in your heart richly. You want to have this. And you know, salvation doesn't cost any money. It doesn't cost one red cent, okay? It, it, it is free to you. It is the free gift of God. You might want to keep that in mind. 1 Peter 2 and 11 starts off by saying, Dearly beloved, everybody said praise the Lord. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. Now understand he's writing to the church here. When you read Romans through Revelation, these are writings and teachings and messages to the body of Christ, telling people who've already got it what they got. An example of that, let me digress for a moment, is, is Romans chapter 10. When the writer said about believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, that's Acts 2.38. That's what they already had gotten and saying it to them in another way, saying the same thing in a little deeper teaching. If you believe this is your heart, not here. In my case, it's my microphone. (laughs) But this is your heart, okay? This is the seat of your thoughts and your intellect, and it is also the seat of your emotions. When the Bible's talking about the heart, 99.9 times talking about right here. Okay? And so you want to understand that when you have believed or you're believing in your heart, then he sends forth his spirit into that believing heart, and you confess with your mouth as you speak in another language or tongue as the spirit gives him the utterance or gives the individual the utterance. And that's Acts 2.38. Repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And that's all. That's exactly what that means. There is no contradiction in the Bible. There are not two and three different plans of salvation and two and three different ways to get this done. Jesus said, I'm the door. There's one. One. And you've got to come according to His plan and His thinking and His word. And everybody said, Amen. So in teaching to the church, book of Acts is where you're going to get this experience. book of Acts, the fifth book of the New Testament, is where the church was started by Jesus Christ. He gave birth to his body, the church, okay? And in so doing, that church, that, by, that book of Acts has no amen. It's a continuation. The church continues on. When you get to Romans, though, all the way through Revelation, you're talking about letters of instruction that are written to the body of Christ, to the church, to the people that have been baptized in Jesus' name and have been filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay? So it's instructions. It's now that you are saved, meaning delivered from sin, meaning that you are baptized in Jesus' name, you are filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now that you have that experience, now that you're saved, I'm writing to you on how to stay saved. Okay? You know? Once I was lost, once I was a sinner, once I was a partaker, once I was a transgressor, but I'm an ex that now, okay? I don't do that stuff anymore. Places I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Things I used to do, I don't do those things anymore, all right? You get a, a brand-new heart, brand-new desires, brand-new way of looking at things, brand-new outlook here. You, you, you begin to realize that life is much, much more than what is being offered here. And I mean that in the sense of natural things. Okay? So he's writing to the church, and in so doing here, in 1 Peter chapter 2, and verse 11, Dearly beloved, he says to the church, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. This is not our home. Okay? That's why I'm going to tell you, and you better listen to me now, you forget that Jamaican stuff, and you can forget that Haitian stuff, and you can forget that whatever other stuff, Italian, Chinese, Japanese, Russian, okay? When you come out of the world into the church, now you're of Christ, okay? And that what I'm saying to you is the Bible is saying your citizenship is in heaven above, all right? You have a citizenship. You get papers or passport or experience to the other side, all right? So we, we don't want to be what we used to be anymore, Okay? Now we're learning, we're learning the culture of the church. We're, become, we're putting on Christ, okay? And I can say, because the Bible uses the word Christian, but I have to tell you that the world has taken it and watered it down and called everything Christian, okay? So you just want to understand that we have to be a little more specific sometimes. But I will tell you about the guy that came to the jail and would take all the men that I was teaching, men that were murderers, men that were rapists, men that were thieves, men that were, had been involved and convicted of so many things, and teaching them this message, teaching them the truth. And they were straightening up. They were getting baptized. They were getting full of the Holy Ghost. And this chaplain, he began to uh, have somebody come in. I would go on Saturdays. He'd have this guy come in on Mondays and teach them Bible study. And he would, and it wasn't Bible, but it was a Bible study, he called it. And uh, he would teach them, uh, and they came to me, and they said, this other guy comes in on Mondays right after you've been here on Saturday, and you've told us, you know, that we're delivered from these things, and we don't do these Because, you know, you can get anything in the jailhouse. You know that. Any kind of dope, any kind of pornography, anything you want, they can get it. And, he's, and they said, you know, you told us those things were wrong. We repented those things. We got baptized and we got forgiven of all that, and we got the Holy Ghost, and we don't want those things anymore. And this guy's telling us that don't matter. All you got to do is take Christ your personal Savior, and you can do anything you want to do. And I said, well, let me ask you guys a question. I said, when you get a picture from the Bible of Jesus in your mind, I said, do you see him as somebody walking down the street with all the bling hanging off of him and all the player attitude and all the pimp attitude and, and all a girl under this arm and maybe a guy under this arm? Nowadays. And uh, you know, all of that stuff going on, and, and a cigarette hanging out of one side and a joint or ganja hanging out of the other side, and his body's filled with all kinds of other types of dope, cocaine and speed, and whatever. You you is this the picture that the Bible gives to you of Jesus? They said, No, 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 that's not how we see him. And I said, So, then you see him as I've been teaching to you, that we don't do those things. We're delivered from those things. That's the old worldly lifestyle that we got delivered from. Yeah, I said, okay, then you've answered your own question. And so I'm saying to you, you might want to ask yourself, how do you think Jesus was? Do you think he was a whoremonger? Do you think he was a fornicator? Do you think he was all up into adultery? Do you think that's the way Jesus lived his life? Do you think that's the example that he was? No, you don't think that way. Not if you're reading the Bible. Dearly beloved, he said, I beseech you you as strangers and pilgrims. We're passing through here. We're not of this world anymore when you get born again. Now, does that mean I can't go to the restaurant? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean I don't pay my life? No, it doesn't mean that. Does it mean I don't have a job? No, it doesn't mean that. You know, you'd like, people would like to say that for argument's sake, but that's not what we're saying because that's not what the Bible's teaching. But notice what it said. It said, Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust. That's what it means. Okay? Lusts are strong desires for natural, sensual, Carnal, sinful things. Okay? And so he's telling you that you don't, you don't, you want to abstain from those kind of fleshly lusts. And he said they war against what? The soul. You're trying to get to get the soul, gain the soul, protect the soul, and, and get that soul in heaven. You want to truly rise again if you happen to go the way of all the earth before Jesus returns for the church and you're in the grave. You want to come up out of that grave, and I emphasize you want to come up. You want to go with the upper taker, okay? You want Jesus to take you up out of there, and you want to go, and I'll show you where in a moment, you want to go in the right direction with the right one, okay? You don't want to uh, find yourself going down, all right? Okay, you don't want that. So you better remember that these things war against your soul. All right, let's look on to uh, 2 Peter 2 and 8. 2 Peter 2 and 8. This is what your Bible says. In regards to Lot, Lot was the one that left Abraham and he went down to Sodom and Gomorrah and his mind was so messed up by carnality and the enemy. You know, the Bible said that the God, small g, the God of this world, that he blinds the minds, lest at any time you would see The gospel that shines in the face of Jesus Christ. He wants to blind you to all the spiritual things. And Lot was so blinded and so mixed up that he went right down to Sodom and Gomorrah and embraced it and dove into it and thought, boy, this is it. And so he was called Just Lot, meaning he was made righteous and just by God. But he has now left Abraham. He took his experience, he took his knowledge, all the spiritual insight and he walked away from Father Abraham and he headed the Father of Faith and he headed right down to a nasty place and when he got there, the Bible said right here in your Bible that uh, just Lot was vexed with a filthy conversation, that means lifestyle, a filthy lifestyle of the wicked. I'll grant you it could mean lifestyle and it could also mean verbal. (laughs) Okay? It was a filthy conversation. Of the wicked. Because if you get involved with a filthy lifestyle or way of living, you're going to speak filthily. Okay? All right. So you could get a double meaning there for sure. And he said, verse 8, which is on your, your deal here. Okay? For that righteous man, talking about Lot, for that righteous man dwelling among them. I'm telling you, you need to be careful where you go. Who you go with, who you hang out with, who you're talking to, who you're patterning your life after. Okay? Telling you right here, if you care to gain your soul, and having gained it to keep it, now Lot had it. And he put himself in jeopardy. He put himself, he's hanging around with the wrong people, in the wrong people, talking to the wrong people. And for that, oh, my time is going by. For that righteous man, I'm only on page one. We got a problem here. We have a time problem here. For that righteous man, well, I can go two hours. Uh oh, got quiet now. For that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing, everybody said seeing, you might want to get that thing out of your life. Hello. It's You don't know what that is? It's a very simple thing. It's two letters TV. It's very simple only problem is TV brings you Hollywood and New York and every other nasty place with every other nasty idea. Okay? And it said in seeing and hearing, two of your great channels for bringing in unbelief, your natural sight and your natural hearing. Now, do they have a good purpose? Oh, they have a good purpose. The problem is that, that the enemy perverts good purposes. Okay? And he wants you to use your seeing and your hearing for the wrong thing. Okay, So notice, for that righteous man dwelling among them, he's hanging out with them. You don't belong hanging out with those kind of people who are doing those kind of things. Not if you're going to gain your soul. There's some abstaining that has to go on, the Scripture teaches. One thing to get an experience to where you get saved, to where you're delivered, God pulls you out. No wonder it said like the sow that was washed going back to its wallering in the mire. And the dog vomit It goes back to its vomit. Okay? God gets all this junk out. And then if you're not careful and you don't abstain and you don't keep and guard what you've got, and that's certainly Bible language, then you're going to wind up like that just person who started to get tainted and started to get dirty and nasty and vexed it he was irritated. It was making him irritable, making him testy. You know? And uh, now he's seeing it. He's hearing it. It's vexed his righteous soul. It's just like the thorns getting all around this thing and choking it out and said from day to day. It wasn't just once in a while. It was from day to day. With their what? Their unlawful deeds. That's iniquity. Unlawful. Lawlessness is iniquity. Iniquity is sin. And sin, when it gets done with doing its job, it brings forth death. Okay? And that's not talking about just dying physically. It's talking about eternal death. Okay? So that is 2 Peter 2 and 8. And that is page 1. Um, I think, if you will, we'll save page 2 for next week. I've kind of run out of my time. and uh, But you'll have it. You come back next week with your binder. And we'll... Uh, We'll go to page two, okay? I get happy. I get a little long-winded. I know it. Now, I tell you, though, I'm short-winded what I used to be. I guess I got some manners about me or something. Everybody said praise the Lord. And the kids were talking about uh, preaching and stuff, and I told them that uh, you can take this. I told them that years ago, uh, preaching was a whole lot longer than it is now. And uh, I told them my own personal record was seven hours. Boy, they rolled their eyes on that one. <laughs> well, I think we've got a little more sense now. Try to corral our enthusiasm a little bit. But we love you and we love the Word. Let's stand together. We're glad you're here this morning. We want to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Amen. Everybody said praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you know, contrary to what some people might think, we do have an awful lot of fun. We're happy and excited people. And I think it is, it's built around that we, I know that it's built around mostly that we're so happy to be free from sin. We're happy to be free from the things that bound us. that we don't have to run to the gambling places. And we don't have to run to the alcohol and have to have it. We don't have to, uh, you know, they said that people were so upset that you couldn't smoke on the plane anymore because they had nowhere to go when, when it hit them. And they just, you know, you see, I, I, I know nobody that goes outside the mall and just, shoots the heroin in their veins right outside the mall, but they sure putting it right in here. You know, and then I've got to walk through that cancer cloud, you know. It's so nice to be delivered from those addictions that you don't need that anymore. And it's true. All we really need is what Jesus gives to us. And that will sustain you. That will bless you. That will keep you. That will make you happy and give you direction beyond this life. You can have the best life here. And after that, he said, I'll give you life eternal. And everybody said, praise the, praise the Lord. Let's lift our hearts with our hands and worship him a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
1: God, let them cling in your hands. I'ma stay that way through all life. The man's gonna chip and they nag and they pull at me. Love everything I make up my mind to be. Like I'ma be a daddy who's in the mix. And I'ma be a husband. Stays legit and I'm praying I'm an artist that rise above road that is quiet filled with self-love. Everything that I see draws me, but it's only in you that I can truly see. That's his feast for the eyes and low blow the purpose. And I'm a little kid in a 3 way circus. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. I don't wanna lose my soul. Don't Let me hear those I wanna walk away, walk away, walk away. How do I sense the tide that's rising? It's sensitizing me from living in a light of eternity, eternity, how do I sense the tide that's rising? It's hypnotizing me from living in a line of eternity. Help me, how do I sense the tide that's rising? It's hypnotizing me, living in a line, living in a line of eternity. I don't want to gain the whole world and lose my soul. Of your love forever. I can sing of your love forever. I can sing of your love forever. I can sing forever. I can sing of your love forever. I can sing forever. I can sing of your love forever. so